Welcome to Unpacking Ideas, the podcast where each episode I invite on a new guest to help me unpack some of the major themes and ideas in a piece of writing. Today, we are looking at The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu was a Chinese philosopher and military strategist during the Warring States period in China around 500 BCE. Today, helping me unpack this piece of writing was Jason Pang. Our conversation was a little more structured than some of the ones I've done in the past, but I think it was important that we went through it systematically the way that we did so that we were able to keep in mind who the intended audience was along the way. Some of the things that we talked about today included preparation, misdirection, adaptability, the Chinese concept of se, why the East tends to place an emphasis on defense and the West tends to place an emphasis on offense. And then towards the end of our conversation, we got into some of the finer details of battle tactics. We talked about the five different types of spies, the six different types of terrain. I know I learned a whole lot from this conversation. Uh, I really hope you guys get some value from it as well. So here it is, my conversation with Jason on the art of war. So we're doing The Art of War by Sunza, and uh, I think the format we're going to do, because uh, Jason, you kind of put it together like an outline of, of the entire book, chapter by chapter. Uh, you've read this several times. You've read it more than me. This is only my second reading. And you've also uh, read in the original Chinese. So you know it makes me even more interested to get your uh, perspective, and um, you know we can talk about difference differences uh, between translation because you know even some of the back and forth we've done so far uh we've noticed that you know there've been there've been some pretty pretty drastic differences between the uh the english translation that i have which is the lyle who is it lionel giles and um so were you working with the translation or was this your your own translation from the chinese that you've been uh you've been doing yeah, actually, I read many times, but read in original Chinese. It's okay. in, uh, uh, ancient Chinese, which is different than today's Chinese. Mm. I have to say, uh, Sun Tzu's uh, writing is, even is in ancient form, it's much easier than uh. Uh, others like Dao De Jing or mm. Zhuang Zi, or even much easier than Confucius uh, Analect. So that's a good part. Interesting. I didn't even think of that. It's probably like the equivalent of maybe like reading old English or something for me where you're kind of having to do that translation in, in your head because people don't speak that way. Is it is it that kind of thing? I, I would say it's even more difficult than old okay. English. It's like old English. It's at least when we talk about old English, I will call like uh, Spencer's uh, Quarry Queen something like this, mm. okay, okay. at that time, 16th century, uh, it's, it, it's not that difficult, okay, but uh, I think the Chinese uh, ancient language is difficult. difficult. Uh, the big challenge is a lot of writing has no subject, mm. so they spell, and every Chinese character could be interpreted as non-adjective or verb, okay, so okay. that's also created the problem. So, in my opinion, especially reading ancient Chinese texts, mm-hmm. we will put who is the audience. I think that's important. Gotcha. 
Okay. So that's always like kind of upfront whenever you're reading, it'll, it'll say, you know, this is who this is supposed to be addressed to or who the reader is supposed to be. Um, And this was something, this was something in this text that you taught me that I didn't realize was that uh, different chapters in the art of war are addressed to different kind of personnel. So like, I believe, oh yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, that probably uh, that's my idea. Okay? Mm. Because I didn't see other commentary, even in Chinese commentary, talking about this. But of okay. course, I'm, the, I'm not a scholar, so I don't read a lot commentary. That's mm. true. So just yeah. based on my understanding, I see, uh, first, the book is not really a big book. Like, Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's only thirteen chapter, and I will assume uh, it will probably, for sure, shorter than Analek, shorter than I think probably the same size as Dao Dejing, which only yeah. five thousand character. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think it's probably 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 about two three about two thousand character. I I assume. Hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah. So maybe just before we dive into it chapter by chapter, we could say a little bit about uh, Sunza. So from my understanding, uh, there was a historical person uh, by the name of Sunza around the time that this was written, but it's possible or maybe even probable that this wasn't written by one person. It might have been like the accumulation of several people or several ideas during that time and then the credit was given to Sunza. Is that right? It's possible. And the time is about uh, 20, we can roughly assume it's about 2,300 years ago. And okay. at that time we can, in China, we call it uh, the warring state. Okay. Mm. That time China is not a country. It's like seven major countries okay? and they fight each other. They try to unite. Okay. Or conquer the land. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So yeah, we can kind of keep that in mind uh, as we're going through this. Um, So yeah, so that's the format. We'll go through chapter by chapter. And then after we get through that, uh, we'll kind of maybe look at some key themes or patterns that emerged. Um, But yeah, I'll hand it over to you. Let's start with uh, chapter one. Yeah, we can start with the chapter. I roughly separated this uh, book, 13 chapters to three labels. Okay, and I will assume the first label I call it the military philosophy. Uh, that's on the political stage. Uh, that's from chapter one to four. And from chapter five to eight, I can see them as a second part. I can see them, consider them as military science. Okay, that's planning and we can assume the audience is the commander in chief okay so all secretary of secretary of defense and then the last five chapters from 9 to 13 i consider as military strategy practical stage that means the audience is the commander okay mm. who is in the warring zone okay. so gotcha. that's the way i like to uh, separate so we can start from chapter 1 which of uh, presumably it's the highest level. So the audience should be the prince, the uh, feudal lord. Mm-hmm. So I the first time called uh, I the translation we will call first calculation. 
basically talking about the war is the vital importance to the state. Okay? It's a matter of life and the death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Okay? Mm. So that's very important sentence. That means anything, if you want to wage a war, you have to think about, is that the only choice? Right? It's how important this one. So he's not telling you, you have to go to the war. He first says you can think about it. Okay. Mm. Is that the, that's the thing you really want to do? That's life and death decision. Okay. You have yeah. to think about it. Okay. So right. continue. He lay out the so-called very important five principles. Okay. And of course, this five principle is high-level principle, but the translation is a little bit different. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in my, I just briefly talk about these five principles. Basically, it's the so-called, the first one is so-called Tao, okay, that everybody familiar with, if you have some context of Chinese philosophy, hundred schools, every school talking about they have their own Tao, okay, mm-hmm. so that's the Tao. And the, generally, we translate as the moral law, okay, so yeah. we can see. Uh, the moral doesn't mean uh, treat your parents good, be nice to your friend, not this kind of moral. The moral means whether or not you want to go to the war. Okay. That's your mm. decision. Okay. okay. What's the purpose of the war? You, yeah. you want to conquer the land? Okay. Or you just want to revenge? Or you want to uh, rob their... Uh, you, you, you have no food? Okay. You want to rob their food? Or you... Are fighting for the water resources. What's the reason? What's it's, the purpose? It's kind of your your why, like why? Yeah, why are... your why. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I just want to. I just angry. Okay, because yeah. you know, he killed my brother. So that, that's the reason. Okay. So I think that's the doubt. Second thing, the mm-hmm. first thing. Second thing, so called heaven, or I think the proper translation should be sky. Okay. That okay. means something. During the time we cannot. Pre- we, we even don't know, okay, because we don't know it's going to rain or not raining. We don't know the weather. We're totally out of our control. That's the heaven, the sky. So, so, so is it all of the factors in, in a battle that are out of your control? So things you're saying like things like the weather, things yeah, like... nothing you can do uh, on yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, if it's going to snow, it's going to snow. It's going to yeah. rain, it's going to rain. It's nothing you can do, but yeah. that's the thing important. Yeah. Right? So you yeah. cannot say I, I have the strongest army and I should win. No, because they have the something on the sky. Right. It's an important factor. Number three, but of course, the time has no high tech and China is in the land. So there's no Navy, no Air Force. So the military the army is the only thing we are talking about. So the land is also important, right? Mm. Number three, because your land. You cannot change the land. If you're a river, you have a mountain, you have what kind of land? Desert, okay, any kind of forest. That's the land. But different than the sky. You can find a way to fully use it. So mm. you will find out in the last uh, uh, stuff from chapter nine, okay, they start talking about the land, how to lay out your military because based on the land, right? So right. that's different than the sky. You. Something you cannot change, but you can, you know how to use it. Right, right. You can, you can, uh, you can uh, organize your army in certain ways, depending on what terrain you're going through or what terrain you're on or, you know. 
is that and kind of yeah? I think the same same thing happened if you read the um uh, uh the prince from the Machiavelli. Okay? Mm-hmm. They have one chapter called Art of War. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's very similar. And that chapter Machiavelli talking about the uh the the the, the king, the prince needs to use your leisure time to uh do hunting. Okay. Because you can not only exercise yourself, your skill, also get familiar with your land. Oh, so interesting. World, yeah. So it's a very similar idea yeah. because at that time in England, uh, in uh, uh, Italy and also in China, right, they all based on the land. And that's the most important. Even Italy has some navy, but uh, Florence is close to the ocean. But they are fighting basically yeah. fine in the land. So that's what they are talking about. That's why then they is so important. Okay. And number, number three, right? Mm-hmm. And the number four is the commander. Talk about the people. That's the thing you can totally control, right? You you consider the audience is the prince. Who you want to become the commander in chief? Let's talk about who is going to. That's built uh, unlike Western culture. In Europe, usually the king, okay, mm-hmm. will get on the horseback and the fight, right? So we know this, but in China, even during the early time, uh, the world state, uh, I, I never see in the historical book, say which uh, 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 emperor or which uh, king will get on the horseback and <laughs> fight him. No, I, I, at least I that, don't see that. That's, that so, to me, that's smart. That's just smarter, you know? Why would you want to put your uh, your guy who's calling the shots in the middle? In the middle of the yeah, battle. yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a different system. He should be uh, in a bunker somewhere. <laughs> yeah, okay. Which, so, yeah. Uh, uh, so you have to choose your commander. So okay. the commander is important. Okay, so that's number four. Okay, so mm-hmm. basically you can see the layout. You see, Tao is the highest purpose. Then from the something you cannot control, okay, something you can fully use it, then to the people you can deal with that. So you choose the right people. Okay, so that's the uh, mm-hmm. commander of the people. And the, the uh, number five, okay, and my, I, I will call it the, the law or the method, the discipline, the military training. Basically, is talking about your military system, your government, your uh, structure, military structure. So that's the five things, okay, in the very uh, important uh, chapter on the first one. So yeah. if... I would suggest if you don't have time to read the whole book, okay, and you can just get familiar with these five five principles and which can be used in mm. any place, not only in the military, in your business, in your school, in your education. I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you could apply this to, to business too and thinking about like, what is our business's DAO? Like, what is our why? What's our kind of mission statement? I don't know, sky, I guess, would be all the factors outside of your control. You know, what's happening in the economy, what's happening in the markets. Yeah, uh, economy, what's the foreign competitor, you, yeah. you know, that emerging technology come out, right? Yeah. And then land would be terrain. I mean, that could even be like, I don't know, are we trying to sell? Like are we trying to race, right? Like, you know, I, yeah. my marketplace in domestic or Southern California, if I do mm. the, I say, laundry service. Right. So yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, are we are we trying to sell swim gear in Alaska? Like, uh, you know, what's our terrain? Um, and then 
yeah, commander. This would be what, like the boss or um, yeah, the manager. Who, manager. Who yeah. you want to hire? How to attract the talent? You know, uh-huh. important. And then the number five would be the law, right? Yeah. Or the method, right? How company structure. You have to be mm-hmm. flat. Okay. Hierarchy. Hi- hierarchical. Okay. And upside down hierarchical and whatever you want to bring the company culture. So that's very useful, you know, in our daily life. And that's the five principle and have been taught in the ancient Chinese. There is one more um, thing I wanted to maybe bring up in chapter one, which was um, there's this line uh, in my translation. It's all warfare is based on deception. Hence, when able to attack, we must seem unable. When using our forces, we must seem inactive. When we are near, we must make the enemy believe that we are away. When far away, we must make him believe we are near. Um, which we'll get to later, kind of the themes. But this was a theme that I saw come up a lot in this this uh, idea of um, kind of like misdirection. Yes, yes. Yeah. That that in this uh, this chapter, I do, I personally I don't focus a lot on this chapter. Okay. Yeah, on this uh, this sentence. Okay. Mm-hmm. This one basically that's the one I'm talking about. Twelve calculation. Okay, how to calculate all this one. And I think this one reflects a, a cultural change during that time, okay? Mm. Because before the war is more like a gentleman's game, okay? Just so, like if you watch the movie during the American Revolution, um, uh, American military is doing different, right? They mm. are either hiding and take. <laughs> right, right. And the British, in today's view, is very stupid. Okay, that's yeah. the gentleman's take, game. You wear red, okay, clothes. <laughs> take so take turns shooting at each other. Yeah, yeah. Right now we wear a uh, 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 dark green, so you can hide it. But mm. during that time, the British military they wear red, so you can see clearly. And they light they up, right? Even they kill, but they follow. <laughs> right, certain right. So in this point, I I believe that's the time represent the cultural change. Okay? Yeah. In the uh, ancient text, in the Confucius teaching, still quote some rule like during the fighting, okay, don't kill the person with two colored hair. Okay, that means mm. old people. Okay, okay, yeah. Don't kill the people when they try to cross the river during the middle. Okay, mm. because it, 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 it's not moral, right? You have to wait until they. Close, right? Right. Close the river, then fight. So they still have this kind of thinking in the ancient time, right? But I believe that, I, of course, I am no scholar. I'm not scholar. I am not historian. But I assume that that this kind of description, because at that time, just like British military, they wear red clothes. They follow certain rules, mm. okay? And they, they, that's the the fight. But yeah. at this moment, then Sun Tzu start to tell the. Prince, okay, that's a new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in this whole art of war, I mean, I the term that kind of came to mind is was like guerrilla warfare. Uh, a lot of the tactics, you know, are based around deception, are based around you know only fighting when you have a clear advantage about attacking the enemy's weakness. Um, so it's yeah, it's very different than like you mentioned the kind of British uh, way of fighting where you're just kind of taking turns shooting at each other. Um, Sunzo would not have approved of that. He's, you know, he's all about misdirecting the enemy and, uh, you know, trying yeah. to deceive them to gain an advantage. 
I, I think in today's view, we know, you know, if I send anybody knows in the real fighting zone, okay, yeah. detective is important. Uh, you are not going to tell uh, your enemy tomorrow morning, seven o'clock, let's fight. You're not yeah. going to do that. <laughs> right. Nobody do that. But why uh, the ancient texts show up to something like mis, 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 misdirection, you know, mis- I believe that's I, personal. I, I believe because that represented the cultural change because mm. no more gentleman's game. Okay. That's fighting life or death. Okay. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll come back to that theme, but maybe we can keep going. Chapter two. Well, let's yeah. move on to chapter two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the chapter two, basically, I call it the initiating battle waging war. Okay. So basically, this one will tell the logistic to the prince. Okay. So the emphasis here is the cost. How much does it cost, right? So it's soon to tell the uh, the prince okay, or the king. Okay. Uh, uh, it costs a lot to wage a war. Okay. Yeah. So let's assume he already decided to go to the war. He will tell you it's cost a lot. So on the economic side, you have to calculate. Okay. Think about the uh, logistic. Right, that's cost a lot because the military they need to eat. So let's say we send the two hundred thousand military. How much food you you are going to eat? Yeah. You are going to consume. and here the interesting is Sun Tzu even tell the prince okay the detailed information about if you can consume enemies' resources. That's mm-hmm. one equal twenty, right? If you yeah. if, if you you eat if you uh, consume one carload of resources, that's equivalent. You mm. own twenty carload. So yeah. whenever you can use your mean uh, enemy's uh, resources, use it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the interesting we bring up. Well, and he's also seems to be saying uh, that you don't want to be in war for a long time because these things add up. You know, he's saying the cost of feeding men every day that's going to add up really quick. Uh, their weapons or their spears are going to get dulled, I think he says. And, uh, you know, they're also the morale is going to kind of fade after a while. So there seems to be that theme of, uh, he says, quote, though we have heard of stupid haste in war, cleverness has never been associated with long delays. There is no instance of a country having been benefited from prolonged warfare. I, I think in general, I will say Sun Tzu, compared to the Western philosophy or Western thinking, uh, if you want to compare, are more on the defense than mm. attack. I think Western thinking are more on the attack and uh, uh, Chinese thinking are more on the defense. And we will see, you know, later. Uh, yeah, later, definitely. You will see, you know, it's more on the defense. Even in today's, when we control uh, coronavirus, right? Mm. Okay, you can see in the Asian country more prefer to lockdown, strictly social control, mm. and the Western kind of do not control so well. But in other way, Western quickly to develop the vaccine, okay, medicine. Uh, yeah, I think that's a totally different way of thinking. You know, in the different situations. Yeah. No, I like that's a good analogy. The other one I like you brought up uh, when we were ta- talking earlier. Um, you know, we, we did like a live uh, meetup of this and you brought up baseball and you said, yeah. if you watch, if you watch American baseball, you know, the scores are like 10 to 12, you watch like a Chinese baseball game. It's like one to zero. Yeah. I watch the, the, mo- the 
mo- the uh, most uh, one of the Olympic game is uh, Taiwan with Korea. Okay. Mm. I spent like a three hour watching the pre- play uh, extension to like 12, 12 wins, and they they eventually Korean won one to zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Although it was my time. Yeah, right. Unlike uh, when Taiwan played with uh, Cuba, that's the interesting game. Okay, that's mm. kind of like a twelve to to ten, something like this. <laughs> right. So that's interesting game. <laughs> right, that is interesting. Well, cool. Uh, was there anything else in in chapter two? Uh, not on my part. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, okay, we can move on the chapter three. Okay, awesome. we should talk about the uh, uh, planning as a text. Okay, so so here, uh, one message is talking about. Uh, uh, of course, it is a different thing, you know. Uh, so, uh, one important message is he talk about it is not spring to fight and win all your battles. Okay, a lot of general will think about, okay, I have in my lifetime record, I fight 100 battles. Okay, I right. won all of them. Okay, soon they say, no, 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 that's not great, right? The really great situation is what? You even don't go and you won. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So you go to the battlefield, it's not spring already. Okay, so it doesn't matter. You, Fight so the you, you can think about the real sit the, the the three situation right some country or some people they fight a lot every time they want or you would rather be another kind of person he never fight okay never go to the war zone but he achieved his goal right yeah so that's a, also a very important message here that's a big principle and that's one that I think probably applies to a lot of different things in life that you know the the goal is not to you know, get what you want by fighting, like that might be, you know, option three or something, but option one is, you know, you could a lot of times get what you want, uh, through other ways, you know, by, you know, making some kind of compromise or some win-win situation. And so I like that. Yeah. Cause he's saying, yeah, the best general shouldn't, uh, shouldn't they're the supreme general is not the one who wins through fighting the supreme general is the one that uh gets their way or or shuts down the enemy's plans before a fight even happens so it's kind of from my understanding it's kind of saying like fighting fighting and winning is uh is not is not your first shouldn't be your first choice choice. yeah well, it's like in the business, you have a problem with another co- company, right? So mm-hmm. you talk to your lawyer. You don't just go directly to find the business litigation lawyer. Say, let me sue <laughs> the guy, right? Hey, right. go to your general counsel, right? Talk about which why. Okay. So if your company, you think about your company, you 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 have the uh, 100 litigation. Okay. I want 100 of them. Okay. Mm. That doesn't mean that you are doing great job. You should fight. You <laughs> yeah, right. Counsel, right? yeah. Because why you are doing this way? Right? The good general counsel probably never go to the litigation and mm. have all the deal done. So I, I, I think that's a very, very important message here in this chapter. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and it's it's not efficient because uh, Sunza seems to be a, a lot about like he seems to be big on efficiency, um, and you know, yeah, if you're on, all, always going to litigation, like you're expending all these costs on lawyers, like you're, and same with battle, like war, as we just talked about, costs a lot of money. 
So if uh, if that's your go-to for resolving all of your problems, like it's it's just not efficient. There's there's more efficient ways of doing it. Um, yeah. So yeah. Like if you you work it for the 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 Fortune 500 company, you might have the litigation lawyer in your uh, office, but mm. you don't want your litigation lawyer, you know, go to the courtroom every day. Right? Yeah. Right. Even they, you know, he will want every 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 lawsuit, but you still want to keep your litigation lawyer in the house, okay, without going to the court. That probably the best way. Right, and he gives these uh, uh, four levels of attacking. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no, number one is to block the enemy's plans. Number two is to prevent the junction allies of the enemy's forces. Number three is to attack the enemy's army in the field. And then number four is to besieged walled cities. And again, he kind of prioritized them in terms of like one is the best, four is the worst. So the the you know it's much better to block your enemy's plans than to try to attack your enemies uh, when they're behind like a fortified wall, because yeah. um, you're going to lose a lot more men even and resources. Yeah, yeah, even you won, you lost a lot. Right. right. Yeah. Even if you. Yeah. Exactly. You perfectly phrased it, phrased it. Yeah. So if you think about win-win situation, they only can happen during the first stage, right? Mm. Before they are doing something, okay. Before we, before something happened, you already can, you know, block it. Then that's the situation. Yeah, yeah. I love how you phrase that. Even if you won, you've lost. Even if you've won, you win that battle. You've you know lost a bunch of men and resources or whatever the <laughs> specifics are. Yeah, and another important if you won, but then next year you have another situation come out. Then you have to draft your people one more time. Okay. Mm. So yeah. that's also another problem. Yeah. Yep. So we probably quickly can answer, uh, finish this one. And I just want to bring up the uh, important message, which is in the common language in yeah. this uh, conversation. We talk about uh, uh, you have to know yourself and know your enemy and mm-hmm. the other, okay, to win, okay. So I think that's that's become a common. It, do you mind if I read the the quote from mine? It's uh, hence the saying: If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Yes. Um, and the first sentence, actually, it's in the common saying in the Chinese dialect. Okay. When the parents tell the kids, you know, and before the baseball game, you know, and everything that's become a common sentence. Mm. You have to know yourself. Yeah. And know, uh, we don't use, and actually the word is not enemy. Okay. It says know yourself and other. Okay. The opponent, or okay, just the other. Yeah, the, the words is not use the specific, not use the uh, Chinese word for enemy, which is D. Mm. They use the other, which is B. Okay, so it's not say uh, enemy; it's say other. Okay, yeah, which kind of gets to that larger principle of uh, preparation and planning, which is a big theme that runs throughout this whole text. Um, 
you know, just, yeah, studying up on your enemy. Like, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Studying up on yourself. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Yeah. And, and we, I think they have a reason he doesn't use, Sun Tzu doesn't use enemy here because you don't, you, you haven't started yet, right? The war haven't started yet. Mm. You are thinking. So I may think about Zach, right? So yeah. I know him and I know we are doing something. Let's assume we are doing business together, okay? Yeah. So he's not my enemy until something happened, become my enemy. Mm. So at that time, that's why I think he used the word uh, as the other, not using the word as enemy. That's important in this in this sense because you don't want neighbor people deal with you or your competitors as enemies. Mm. Right. Yeah, enemies kind of suggests like a zero sum game whereas other could be uh you know not necessarily a zero sum outcome yeah that's right yeah, yeah. so i think that, I, I think the, the 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 message here is important okay cool do, so uh, we can move on the number four which yeah. is a little bit low level but it's still we still uh, can assume the audience is uh, the prince, the person who makes the decision, right? So Great. this one, chapter four, called the forms to perceive or a tactical deposition. So basics is talk about, uh, okay, uh, important is, that's the defense thinking is important. So the lesson here, he put it first, put yourself beyond the possibility of defeat, okay? Yeah. Okay, that's very important. And then wait for an opportunity of defeating the enemy. Mm. Okay, I think that's very, I, I'd like to bring this one, is very different than Western military thinking. Western are more thinking about it. Yeah, a good defense is a good offense, or what is the saying? Like that's that's <laughs> kind of more Western. Uh, yeah, it's not, something like that you hear. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A yeah. good defense uh, is, a, is a good offense. This is, this kind of reminds me because I, I play chess. There's a uh, you know some chess players like Karpov. He, he he was more his way of playing was to kind of do this. He would set up his pieces and make his moves in a way that basically he became impenetrable, and he would basically strangle his opponents and then wait for them to make a blunder because he would basically take away any good move, and then the moment they made a, a blunder then he would just exploit that, um, you know, and eventually win the game. Yeah, so it that's seems... very much like Sun Tzu is talking about here. Okay, right? cool. He told about make sure yourself beyond, that means impossible of defeat. Right? Mm. There's no way you can do that. Totally protect myself and wait, wait, wait yeah. for the opportunity of defeating the enemy. When you make a blunder, then I'm going to quickly attack you. So... Yeah. The philosophy here is this, the defending, you can totally control, right? But the, the uh, uh, okay, the winning, okay? You protect yourself, you can, winning is up to the enemy. Mm, yeah. Okay? Because you can, you have a totally control your safety, but the winning, you have no control. You have to wait until your enemy make mistake. Then you can attack. So I think that's the bring up the very different thinking. Okay. The, and the quote, just to bring that home, is uh, to secure ourselves against defeat lies in our own hands, 
but the opportunity of defeating the enemy is provided by the enemy himself. Yes, I think that's exactly, and the, the translation is very good. I think. Mm. They, they okay, cool. Catch the 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 essence of this meaning. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, we also talk about the uh, the victorious strategy. Okay, okay. The victorious strategy is uh, you have to expect winning, mm. then seek to fight. You don't seek in to fight and hope to win. Okay, so yeah. that's important, right? Because you before you 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 go to fight. You already know. You expect I'm going to win. Okay, the fighting is just exercise your plan because right. I'm doing it. I do everything. Then when I decide to go, that means the uh, enemy already had a mistake. I just exercise my plan. Okay, I just say go. Let's do it. So I already, I already know I will not like second class general. You send the military out and say, "I must fight. I fight to death. I want to." Not this mm. way. So I think that's uh, important in this message. Yeah. Yeah, and the the quote for that one, uh, the Victoria, excuse me, the victorious strategist seeks battle after his plans indicate that victory is possible under them. So you don't uh, you don't take action until you can already see how your plan is going to play out. Uh, let's go to chapter five. Yeah, so basically we finish up the uh, the first part, right? The, the talk about so we can kind of shift the audience, right, to mm. the general or the commander. But you know, it's the role is not that clear. But you can see we move down a little bit. Right now, it's no more talking about like whether or not I should go to the war. What's your purpose? Okay, right yeah. now the purpose is winning. That's it. Okay. Mm. We already passed this. Decision. Ah, okay. That's a good oh, distinction. I think so, that's very important because this time you don't because you don't want your general in command they during the war zone and they come back to ask you, hey, <laughs> Mr. President, yeah. why do you fight this wrong? <laughs> so, so all your uh, 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 a commander in the field come back to ask you, you know, do we do, we, do are we looking for win-win situation? Right. <laughs> well, when we did the uh, the meetup, that was one of the things. Uh, one of the women. Uh, complained about she's like you know Sunza doesn't spend enough time uh you know talking about whether or not war is really the best option but only like on what we're saying we're saying here is you know from like chapter five onward it's pretty much it's pretty much presupposed that you are right. in war and now we're just kind of telling you how to how to do it best or how to how to win if we go to number five, I think that's the uh, thing. Uh, one concept I like to uh, introduce is so-called Chinese called the uh, uh, okay, si, okay. So the translation is latent energy, energy, potential, power, momentum, influence, tendency. Okay. So okay. Yeah. That's the word you talk about. Okay, you can imagine on the last chapter you talk about the water holding. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hold it there. That's heaven or in the Aristotelian world is potential energy. Potential energy. Yeah, that's kind of what okay. I was thinking. Yeah. Like, like this. So if you want to use a metaphor, would be used, I think it's in this text. It's like torrent which rolls stone along in the course. Okay. Mm. Or like the bend 
the bending of a cross ball. You 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 bend the cross uh uh how do you say a cross ball? Okay, and shooting the arrow, but you holding there. That's a mm. so-called si. Okay, so uh, this kind of concept is being used in here, also in the legalism system. They talk about the emperor should have si. Okay. When you, if you play uh, the gold game, the Chinese uh, uh, chess game, okay, yeah. if you hire an Asian, including Korean, Japan uh, master to teach you, they will tell you, okay, I for sure they will tell you, si, okay, mm. that means when you play game, you have to lay out your goal, okay, in certain way, so you mm. have your own si, okay. Have the potentiality of winning. You have to hold this one. So, and is that just just for my kind of clarification? Is that kind of like um, you're kind of working? So, like how it might relate to terrain? You're kind of like working with the terrain rather than against it. Like you're, is you know, like when he talks about you always want to be uphill of your opponent. Would that be working with uh, Si or no? Is that a different concept? That's that's correct. So Chinese like to, to follow the si, okay? Mm -hmm. So you don't do against that one. Just like you say, you have to do that. So si doesn't mean yourself, okay? They also, remember, we talk about the sky, we talk about the, the, the land, right? Mm. So you cannot just like all wishful thinking, okay? Oh, I'm to build the strongest army. I have built my own muscle. Uh, I'm the strongest man in the world. You, you are nothing about. It. You have to think about the whole overall situation, including something sure. you cannot control, right? Mm. Okay, and know yourself, know your enemy, and then you have everything ready, and that's the ready readiness. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That and that's this is I think a much better term because the English translate you know equivalent that I was thinking was maybe something like efficiency, like when we were talking about earlier about. You know, you don't attack the enemy when they're behind fortified walls just because it's not efficient. But I think this captures it better. It's it's you're going against si, uh, if you're if you're attacking either an enemy who's uphill, or if you're attacking an enemy behind fortified walls, you're kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, we can move on yeah. the uh, chapter six, right? Great. Yeah. I like to uh, Zach. Can you read your translation on the title? How are you going to? How does I'd like to know? Uh, the title for war, uh, for six for me was weak points and strong. Yeah. Okay. So that's another two concept in Chinese, so called shu right? So uh, I think most of translation I think uh, call weak point and the strong. Okay. Mm. So so here he talk about the you hide your weak and you know, and find out what's the weak point and the strong point, avoid enemy's strong point, uh, take right. their weak point, and you have to hide your weak point and the strong point. So I like to use the different metaphor is egg and uh, pebble, right? So instead of uh, weak, and uh, because the Chinese word called xu and the shi, which okay. has no exact, xu means uh, you can call weak, but you can call fake. You can call uh, negative. You can call uh, passive. Mm. Solid, okay. Real, okay. Means uh, honest, okay. Yeah. So then, yeah. so I think the best way to, my opinion, the best way to translate is 
egg and the pebble. Okay. Could I, I take a that, crack out of from last time of uh, yeah, that's my a, understanding? That's, so yeah, my, last time I talked about this. Yeah. The way I understood it, uh, an egg and a pebble uh, look pretty similar from the outside. So if you imagine, you know, your maybe your army's wall is made up of both eggs and pebbles, <laughs> and a good army uh, would have eggs and pebbles alongside of each other and there the enemy wouldn't be able to tell which one's a pebble and which one's an egg um so that is kind of represents your strengths and weaknesses your strengths being the pebbles your eggs being the weaknesses and similarly you're kind of looking at your opponent's eggs and pebbles and you're trying to determine which one is an egg and which is a pebble and you know uh attack the the eggs and uh you know avoid the pebbles is that more or less? Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, 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 yeah. I, 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 because I think that this one is egg and the pebble probably much better than weak point and uh, right because you don't know what your enemy's weak point is or or you look alike pebble yeah, and egg they look, they look alike right because so, a good uh, a, a good opponent does a good job of disguising their weaknesses as strengths yeah. and vice versa. Yeah, even I'm very strong. I can destroy the pebble, but I still want to destroy the egg because you know, save energy, right? Yeah, I can do it more efficiently, right? So, right. and then nobody can have all pebble because you all have some weak point. So, mm. so, the, so you got to have everybody have its own egg. Okay, so you got to find the way to lay out your leg, so what? your egg, so your enemy will not know that's the egg. They will think, oh. That must be paper. Let me try different thing, right? So, and this might be this might be in a later chapter. I might be jumping a bit, but he does say too that um, if you can, you know, keep it a secret from your enemy where you're going to attack, then they are going to have to guard everywhere, and because they're not able to concentrate their forces, they're kind of having to protect themselves at every point. They're going to be weak all over. So, oh, yeah. I guess. The, the goal is to try to make it so your enemy is very spread out. So they have just uh, you know, a whole bunch of eggs, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. few pebbles. Because when you spread out, you got to use a lot of egg, right? Yeah, because right. you don't have so many, that's assume you don't have so many pebbles. Okay, that's costly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Even in the real world, uh, egg is costly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Move on, seven. Chapter seven. So basically, talk about six. I, I call it the ethos or, or characters. Okay, your military. Okay, your army need to be first speedy, like the wind. Okay. Okay. You can imagine this here, the, the metaphor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Competitiveness, like the forest. Okay. Uh, raiding and the plundering, like fire. Okay. Okay, and. Uh, Immovability, like a mountain. Okay, okay. makes sense. Unpredictable, unpredictable. Okay, like cloudy days. Okay, I okay. like that one. Striking like a thunderbolt. Gotcha. So okay. these are the kind of metaphors for how, a, a, like, what an army should be like. Yes, and you're, and you're saying maybe the um, it has become something that's just now. Uh, a common sayings in, in China. Saying, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can share my experience because in Taiwan we need to have two years military service, right? 
mm. and then when I was as a, uh, 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 over there in the training as a cadet, okay, during the training, there were six months training as a cadet. So the, the, the sergeant tell you is like, you, you walk like monk, walk like, like wind, okay, stay mm. like a pine tree, stand like a pine tree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, sleep like ball, ball, like arrow ball. Mm. Or you have to be, or you, even you sleep, you have to really, <laughs> jump up, right? That doesn't and, sound like very restful sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you got yeah, yeah. to be ready ready to get so up that, that's kind of, so, so that that's the metaphor we, we, we are using here. I, like, I was thinking when I was reading, I was thinking of uh, Muhammad Ali, who used to say he floats like a butterfly, stings like a bee. Yeah, you that's know, the, right. The boxer. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of this kind of the, the, the thinking, but you can see Muhammad Ali is more on the moving side, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk about the immobility, the, the stable side. Yeah, right? he's not like a mountain, like a mountain, right? He's but like uh, a- these are more on the different way, right? Not only on the attack, he focuses more on the sta- stability, right? So you mm. talk about like a mountain, right? Like a forest, like a pine tree, okay? So, yeah. That's the part, you know, he's talking about, you know. I like that, kind of having those, like, different uh, visual, uh, you know, those metaphors in there. Yeah, and then uh, in more detail, and soon as I'll talk about the other warfare, they said, ask you to think about, that they'll become much detail, right? So, so talk about eight no's. Well, I can maybe read these. You said, uh, so it's a... Uh, don't advance upwards. Don't attack enemy when their back is against hills. Uh, don't follow the enemy when they simulate retreat. Don't attack enemy when their morale is high. Don't take the enemy's baits. Don't interfere with the army when they're returning home. Leave out. Leave an outlet when you surround the enemy, and uh, don't press the desperate enemy. So maybe to talk about a few of these. Because uh, some of them aren't aren't super intuitive. Some people would say, like, why wouldn't you want to surround an enemy, or why wouldn't or why wouldn't you want to attack an enemy when their back is against the hill? And, yeah, I think the last three is interesting, and yeah. they replace your thinking. Right. So it's the same. It's the same idea of why you wouldn't want to corner an animal uh, yeah. because they are going to attack you because they're basically fighting for their life. So if you've taken away your enemy's ability to retreat or get away they are going to fight you with all their might because they're you know fighting for their lives so yeah. again you don't you don't you don't want to put your uh put yourself in in a situation where you're having to fight somebody who is you know um has that kind of motivation yeah and then if, if you look at the number seven right i talk about different outlet when you surround the enemy right yeah you can think about like situation. You don't want to put your enemy in a desperate situation, so they will fight to the death, right? Yeah. But another way to talk about like some people want to exp- uh, interpret in this way is Chinese are very nice because they always give somebody space <laughs> and the moral sense. We don't know what's the meaning, but it could yeah. Be. Okay. Yeah. That's- basically, it, that that's the the special, and the, it's also become a. Like a yeah, become a common saying during the Chinese daily conversation. You mm. always give some you, in the in the court. Okay, usually you will say don't overkill, right? Yeah. 
Okay, if you know you want, you want, you don't overkill. If you overkill basics, you have the problem, right? So basically, you know you want. So same situation, you are surrounded. Mm. Let them live, okay? Because it's good for them, also good for you, basically. I think that's that. I think the only way, the only reason maybe I have the more cynical uh, uh, interpretation, which is that you shouldn't, that you should leave them a place to leave so that they don't fight as hard, is because, at least in my translation in chapter 11, he says to basically do the opposite when it comes to your own soldiers. So in, in my chapter 11, uh, he said, quote, throw your soldiers into positions whence there is no escape and they will prefer death to flight. So I got the sense that he's saying you can use this principle oh. the opposite way too. So, you know, don't allow your own men to anywhere that they can retreat so that they're going to have to fight harder and fight to the death. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And the number six also interesting to look at, you know, so it said don't interfere with an enemy when they are returning home. <laughs> I oh, like I that one. one. Yeah. It really it makes sense. And it shows, shows the moral sense. Okay. The, yeah. The moral part of this one. I, I think that mm. makes sense. Okay. Because it, come on, they, 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 they want to go home, right? Well, there's no uh. reason. But there could also be just a pure pragmatic argument for that too, in the sense that like if they're already on their way home, they're gonna fight like hell to to get there. You know, it's the same way if you're I don't know, you you're talking to your colleague on their way out the door on a Friday and you're starting to, you know, <laughs> ask them about some work situation, like they're not gonna cooperate. Yeah, that's right. because uh, yeah. their their mind's already on like the football game or whatever's going on later <laughs> <laughs> after work. Yeah, so I think the last three is very interesting to pay attention. You know, you can have mm. your own judgment, which one is what's the meaning. But actually, uh, I think it's very uh, uh, interesting to take a deep look and think about why Sun Tzu talk about this. One one other one I, I wanted to maybe highlight was um, number three: don't follow the enemy when they simulate retreat, uh, which I think is similar to number five, which is don't take enemy baits mm -hmm. which is if they're if your enemy is looking like their retreats like it might be a trap so you know yeah. you kind of have to be cognizant that your enemy is also trying to trick you and you know what looks like an egg might be a pebble <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah cool you want to keep going uh chapter eight yeah let's move on to chapter eight uh let me see uh what's your you did. Chapter eight will be, I will consider the last part for advice for the general. Okay. Then after chapter eight, we will move in on the more details. Okay. So chapter eight basics. In my note, I will sum up as like they talk about five unne not necess necessaries. Okay. Mm. So uh, that means something you have to uh, say no to that, right? Yeah. Some role you um, do, do you have this translation number? Uh, I've got some roads you don't follow, right? Yeah. Some armies you don't attack. Some city you don't besiege. Okay. You, you you don't try to besiege them, and some position you don't contest. Mm -hmm. Always like you have some yes, some no. You 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 have to know. Last one is more important. Okay. Uh, my I will translate as some orders from the king. Are not to be obeyed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, 
very important because it, when you are outside fighting, right? You it's it's you don't follow the book. Okay, it's not like okay. Oh, here's the way we can go. Here's the enemy we attack. That's the right position I occupy. One more important, it's not all the order you follow from your mm. Okay. And do you think the reason for that, uh, I, one of the reasons I, I thought of is I, I know like in, in warfare, you know, things are constantly changing and moving really fast and there's just not enough time to kind of relay every important decision back to the king or the sovereign or the president or whoever. Yeah. And then, so you kind of have to give the general like, the authority to to make calls in real time is that is that kind of the reason or is the reason yeah, more that's, that's that just the reason basically is more, more uh, bi-directional okay here you talk about the uh not i think in the early chapter i missed the when he talk about don't here he talk about because he talking to the general not all order from the king you have to follow okay yeah. and then i think in chap in early chapter he talked about the you should not control as a prince, you should not like micromanage. Micromanage the man. man. I don't think he used micromanage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the uh uh I think it's leave the space for the general, something like this. Mm. So it's by direction. Okay. Yeah. So so that's very, I think that's very important, right? Same as totally daily life, not only in the military, right? You have to if you are manager, you ask your people or your, your leaders, people, you have, yeah, you have to, leaders, right? You should give them certain, you know, rule. And the same thing, the yeah. leader don't follow, okay, every command from the manager. Right. Kind of trust your people to make yeah. good decisions. You know, don't, don't micromanage, don't uh, leave them some space. Yeah, when I was working as a team leader, I remember one of the important uh, message I I learned or I practice is manage your manager. <laughs> okay, so okay, yeah. that's yeah. kind of maybe the opposite of that. <laughs> well, you, yeah, because you instead of not being managed, you have to manage him so fit the right information he want to listen. Mm. So. So you 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 create a space you can work, and then after he see the result, you'll be happy. So I got you, I got you. I like that. You wanna keep going, chapter nine? Okay, so let's go to chapter nine. So the last five chapter basics. We of course, if somebody are very interested, you can go to very deep and every single word you can find out. And then I will say the last five chapters. Yeah, probably occupy health of the writing okay so mm. okay so it's a uh, much more so uh that's a lot of very detailed thing and i don't think we should go to that detail and the chapter number nine talk about the fielding the army right the army on the march when you send the army out and the army out so i don't know what part you are interested but here well, like, layout is his uh you talk about four kinds of warfare, right? On the mountain, on the river, on the lake, on the field. So what I gathered from this chapter, he's talking about different kinds of terrain and how to um, navigate different types of terrain. I get the sense when he's saying, you know, when you're on bad terrain, like uh, you're in a swamp or you're crossing a river or you're going over a mountain, 
You want to, he says, quote, pass quickly over mountains and keep in the neighborhood of valleys. So you want to, if you have to go on bad terrain, you want to get out of there as soon as possible so that you're always, uh, you're not, you're not kind of putting yourself in a vulnerable place to be attacked. Yes. And, uh, and uh, also he has also go to very detail, right? How to tell you, uh, your military is hungry. Okay. And mm-hmm. how to tell, you know, uh, they are thirsty, they are tired. Okay. They are like egg. I mean, a weak point. Okay. How to tell they are, uh, scaled. Okay. Yeah. And then he see in some situation, you know, because the commander is not strong enough. Right. And then sometimes, you know, because the commander is too strong. So, mm. and so what situation that means they are exhausted because they, they eat horse. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they are exhausted. And they, so, you know, and if people have a, a rumor, okay, keep talking about the secret. They talk about 20 different signs um, mm. situation. So, uh, that's a very detailed. So if you are interested, you probably can bring any translation. Well, so we probably don't need to get too much into like the specifics of like, you know, eating horse and all of, all of these <laughs> specifics. But one of the things that's maybe a little more universal, I wanted to read this quote uh, at the end of the chapter. He says, quote, yeah. if soldiers are punished before they have grown attached to you, they will not prove submissive. And then he says, if when the soldiers have become attached to you, punishments are not enforced, they will still be useless. Therefore, soldiers must be treated in the first instance with humanity, but kept under control by iron discipline. Mm-hmm. This is one of the certain roads to victory. Yeah, that's uh, very good. Yeah. So, and he says somewhere else, not in that quote, that uh, like basically if you don't enforce your rules your soldiers will become like spoiled children and just be useless. They'll just walk all over you. Yeah, so, but if your soldier is not like your children, you don't discipline them, right? You don't discipline mm, your neighbor's kids. Okay, You only discipline your kids. Okay. Sure, yeah. I think that's the line we have to be make it clear, right? So here, Absolutely. The first sentence, if you... The, 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 the commander and... The, remember here, we are already talking about the commander. Okay, mm-hmm. the commander and the soldier. Okay, if your relation you just knew here, they don't feel the belonging. Okay, yeah, they have to feel problem. attached. Yeah, that, that's the problem, right? Yeah. If they belong you like a family, you don't discipline them. That's another mm. problem you are there. And I think that uh, that rule is very, very true, right? And it's very useful in the uh, any situation in today, right? In the yeah. Visit. In the family, in the company, right? That's all. Right. They, your like employees have to respect you and, you know, be attached to you in some way, or, or at least want to trust you and want to do what you say. Um, you know, if you're just, uh, an asshole tyrant, they're, uh, <laughs> they're not going to obey. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time you have to, you know, you have to be disciplinary at times. Otherwise, they're just going to walk all over you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Anything else? Otherwise, we can go to... Chapter. No, no. Let's keep going. Chapter 10 is talking about the uh, the land, the terrain, the conformation mm-hmm. of the land. Remember, on the five principle, uh, on the one... Oh, 10D. Okay. 
again, the third one talk about the land. Here is talking about. So again, this one is a long chapter, and then another category. Okay, so Zach, uh, you can bring what you are interested. But here, my summary will be: they have the six currents with mm -hmm. the six principles, right? To connect. Okay, they talk about different way, and they talk about six kind of uh, disaster calamities. Okay, fight in front and uh, you can watch. Okay, yep. so I think that's very good. Yeah, and I, you know, these are saying. Basically, there's just six types of terrain you can be in, um, and a lot of it's depending on you know if you're on your ground or the enemy's ground or somewhere in between. Uh, and I gathered too that depending on where you are, like it's going to alter what your plans should be. So again, this kind of goes back to you have to be adaptable to whatever terrain that you're, yes. you're fighting on. Mm -hmm. So, and, and they talk about six uh, different kind of, I think it's a calamity, right? Different uh, mm -hmm. sign, you know. Okay, so, uh, but I, I personally, I'm more interested on the last three or the last two uh, paragraphs, right? Talk yeah. About the uh, general, talk about the general, right? Mm -hmm. And here you talk about the general who advances without coveting fame or retreat without fearing disgrace okay i think that's important that when mm. you commander to out right you make sure this is saying he should not covet fame and should, yeah, should not okay right? right okay yeah i say who advance without okay coveting coveting fame or without retreat without fearing disgrace i think yeah. this is a more uh, Chinese way because you talk about Chinese like ancient China like you use negative negative okay so, <laughs> yeah right okay. right okay. so okay so it, so I think we we got the message right so winning is the only thing not your fan okay when you yeah. need to retreat you retreat you should not worry yeah yeah Asian yeah okay okay awesome um. So, Maybe keep going. Chapter 11. 11. Okay. Chapter 11 is very long. I think that's the longest one. Okay. So, base, but uh, the name is Nine Kinds of Ground. See, right now it's talking about ground. So, here uh, they talk about different kinds of ground, right? Dispersive ground, for, uh, easy ground. Contentious ground, open ground, ground with intersection, serious ground, difficult ground, um, you know, the desperate ground, the, this different ground and different strategy to fight. Okay. And one thing I'd like to talk about here is the snake. Okay. Mm. I don't know if you I, yes, I wasn't, I, I didn't quite grasp this. So I'm, I'm curious about this. What is okay. the, the snake military formation? Okay, because um, ancient Chinese, probably even to the 10th century before, uh, what during the time before uh, Genghis Khan uh, invaded China or occupied, okay, mm -hmm. uh, during that time still used the same way, okay, because basically on the dead, right? So the strategy you have to use is the formation, okay, of your, your house. You put the uh, 
uh, I think Samus in the uh, Alexander the Great, he's also good mm. to lay out where you put the cavalry, where you put the, your weapon, you know, how to lay out. So yeah. I think in this chapter basically spend a lot of time, you know, a lot of text. That's why he, uh, the Sun Zi lay out nine, nine different ground right mm. and then in this and the different way to lay out your military of course it's not applicable for today's situation but right. bring up the snake okay because it talk about one formation right mm. you lay out like a snake right mm. like a long snake they call uh what's the name uh Lan, right? The, the, the name they, they give the name of the snake. Okay. So like a long snake. You attack the head, the tail will attack you. You attack the tail, the head will attack you. Ah, okay. In the middle, then both will attack you. So mm. basically it's metaphor talking about the snake. So uh I don't know how applicable for today's case, but yeah. to me it's interesting to know, okay, the ancient culture, okay. Because the way they do it and the way they thinking is lay out. You can imagine you have, let's say you have a 10,000. Um, mm -hmm. So you lay out in the long way for certain situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then because you have the long defense. Okay. So mm -hmm. if enemy attack on this side, I decide will go to help. To yeah. If on the middle. So it kind of, you know, you can imagine that's the one of the strategy, you know, Sun Tzu is teaching. Nice. Yeah. So you kind of have a plan for how how your soldiers are going to react no matter where the enemy attacks. Yes, that's right. That's that's yeah. one of them. And you say, is that really work or that work? I don't know. But I know <laughs> yeah. the Mongolian Genghis Khan come to China. We'll have to, yeah, right. We, like horse, they just run through. So we would need like a couple hundred thousand people to run that experiment now. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Cool. Maybe we can just these last couple of chapters. We can. Uh, we only have two. Chapters. Yeah. yeah two chapters left. Good. Yeah. So, uh, chapter twelve. That's interesting. And then again, that's more. Uh, what do you want to understand? Then how can you use? I'm. I'm not saying you should set fire. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, this one's all about attacking by fire. Yeah. So. Talking about by fire, right? And yeah. they did the five different. I burn the soldier. Okay, mm -hmm. burn the storage, burn the equipment, burn the uh, magazines, uh, arsenals, burn the passage. So, and then five possible developers of fire. You burn the fire from inside, uh, burn the fire without moving your military, burn the fire, mm. blah, 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 blah. So, basically, talk about all the fire we use. Well, and this is kind of the first four or five, at least, are all about kind of uh, like disabling your enemy so you know if you're burning their food or you're burning their uh, equipment you're uh, you're putting them at a serious disadvantage so this is you know again kind of going on that like thinking strategically uh looking for the advantage um and you know different military commanders have done this at different times um I think there's a famous battle I can't remember with Julius Caesar against the Gauls where he like famously like surrounded their entire um village with his army so they you know he was cutting off their food supply so he basically eventually got them to surrender from from doing that 
so yeah so this, this one talk about fire that, that, that uh, is anything you think important here you want to talk about um i i'd like to do a little bit in uh chapter 13 yeah that's the spot yeah so in my he again it's uh he talk about very important about the spy. Okay, mm. let's back to my 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 own interpretation is this text represent the change of culture, okay, mm. from gentleman's war, okay, to the life and the death fighting. Okay, yeah, no more. It's, it's not talking about follow certain common rule. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. so that's why they put the last chapter as spy probably that become a new concept right mm. setting fire using spy that become a new concept during that time you know definitely and i i you know naively only thought there was like maybe one maybe two types of spies so i thought it was cool kind of learning about these can we maybe go through these five different types of of spies so you want you to read your five, five kinds of spy? So we had the local spy. Uh -huh. so what, the, okay, local people, right? So what is, what is, I did not quite understand the local spy. What, what is that? Okay, let's just say if I'm going to go to, let's pick Mexico, okay? Yeah. So I will use, recruit the local Mexican as a spy, right? Ah, uh, okay. So you're kind of using... Maybe in the yeah. military context, you would use civilians yeah, that are can, around the yeah, enemy the to. Oh, they familiar everything. They oh, okay. Food, you know, blah blah blah, and it's easy. You can just provide the good food, good stuff. You know, iPhone. You know. They, they gotcha. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So you're getting some like intel from the locals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then the inward spy. That means you just have to bribe. I think it means to bribe the government official okay to give you information information right? okay yeah that's you word right they are the, they are military okay people okay the government mm -hmm. official you know it's and then we know how to do it right you right can, right you can use a woman <laughs> many ways you can do it yeah yep yeah i think sex is probably one of the easiest way to <laughs> right yeah absolutely there's probably been a a lot of uh you don't have you, a you lot, don't of, need a lot of information passed uh, in the bedroom. Yeah, a lot of, that's a lot right. of valuable you, information. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't need Sun Tzu to tell you. you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. right. People let all of their secrets spill. Um, you know, after after a good good ramp in the sack, um, and then we have double agent. So this is the converted spy. So I understood yeah. this is like if you were to capture your enemy's spies. And maybe I don't know, torture them or bribe no, them. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, just bribe them. Okay, to to get information from them. So if they're spying on you, you capture their spies, uh, and then is is that what the, the double they have, agent? They have the real example. Well, I, I should not say real. There's a famous uh, novel called the uh, Romans of Three Kingdoms. Okay, mm. they, they wrote it in the 15th century. Okay, okay. so they. they a lot of okay, the author okay, that's a, a a novel, but based on the historical account. So we don't know mm. it's true, or not true. Uh, they talk about three kingdoms that at that time China has three kingdoms. They are fighting. So yeah. 
there's a, a, a lot of strategy being used here. So one example for this is, uh, let's say uh, A and B, okay, I'm in B, or let's say uh, uh, Zach and Jason, okay, you mm -hmm. send a spy, come here, right, mm -hmm. and being caught, okay, Yeah. so I just start to punish him, you know, tie him up, you know, mm -hmm. so going to kill you, tomorrow I'm going to sacrifice you for blah, 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 right, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> at night, uh, I just invite my friends, say, yeah, I got a great spy, you know, that's just <laughs> Start to drink, right? And mm -hmm. drink, I got drunk, right? And then I start to talk about some military secretary, uh, secret. Mm -hmm. Then I fall asleep. And uh, the I just intentionally let the, uh, my captive escape. So he went back to your country. And ah. said, okay, I find it. Jason said this, 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 this. <laughs> but which is wrong information. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So you're you're intentionally giving their spies Wrong, wrong information. information yeah ah, okay, okay. Yeah. so that's the way it works. okay so, that, so, it, so that that's that's i think that's the one he's talking about interesting guy. okay so it's kind of similar to the doomed spy but it's the opposite of the doomed spy it's where you're giving their spies wrong information whereas the doomed spy you're giving your own spy wrong yeah, information same thing yeah and the, the in the three the, uh, the romans of three kingdom also have the same situation like uh, for example, we, we are in the same country, right? I, mm -hmm. I, okay, so you agree you want to be the spy, okay? For yeah. Me. So you will go to, let's say, go to uh, Mexico, okay, to uh, send the wrong information, okay? But I want to make sure they believe you, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, just find a case, you know, like, you know, you do something wrong, I just punish you, beat you up, and the threat, I'm going to kill you, and also kill your whole family, and put them in jail, mm. and, and now you just escape, right? And, the, yeah. and the, they have a spy here, okay, okay, so they know I punish you severely, and I'm going to kill you, and also your family, so you escape, so they have no reason to suspect you as a spy, so you start uh. to get the wrong information to them, okay? <laughs> So, gotcha. Uh, so you need to have a lot of sacrifice. <laughs> wow. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things. I don't know if his historical correct or not, but basically that's kept in the book. Okay. So called. It's no. It's interesting. I mean, I think me and maybe most people just think when we think of spies, we think of like James Bond, just like the traditional. This is a person who's undercover, maybe pretending to be somebody they're not, who's getting information. But this gets into like all kinds of different levels of yeah. So okay. this that builds to the end. We can kind of just sum up, you know, everything there. So this one is the Sun's uh, art of military, right? When you read mm -hmm. this one, I think the name of art of uh, war is kind yeah. of roman romantic ties, right? It's not not really art, but in Chinese name is not art. Okay, Chinese yep. name calls the method. Of military, of military method. Okay. Military method. Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. I guess that that name doesn't uh, sell as many books at, uh, at Barnes and Noble uh, or something. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 but it's the, maybe the, more accurate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To try to sell the book better, so that's why I do this one. And and a lot of thing has been summarized as so-called the thirty-six stratagems. Okay. Mm. So that's a, also become a common saying in Chinese uh, daily conversation, okay, yeah. well, not necessarily tied to military, but 
you know, basically it's all related, okay? So the whole message you will see from the very high principle military philosophy to the very end, the very detail, then with mm. the most important thing is the spy. Gotcha. It's cool. I'm actually reading Machiavelli's The Art of War right now. Um, oh, you're reading his yeah. art of It's a dialogue, right? It's a dial. It kind of writes it as like a Socratic dialogue. But yeah. it's interesting because it's formatted kind of the opposite, where Machiavelli starts with like very specific strategy and, you know, where to put soldiers in battle and all of these things. And then at the end, he kind of talks about like the high level you know, general principles and philosophy to follow. So it's kind of like the, the inverse of this book. That, that's a typical situation, right? In yeah. Western, you talk about your first name, then talk about your family name, right? Ah. In the Asia, you talk about your family name, then talk about your... Ah, that's an interesting observation. Yeah. yeah. Same as address. You will say 2255 Franklin Street, okay, right? And the state... Yeah. The city, the state, right? The USA, right? And so, in Asia, you are doing the opposite way. You talk about uh, a New York City, a New York State, New York City, uh, 54th Street, 224, number 224. Uh, uh-huh. Second floor. Okay. Room. So, so the West moves from micro to macro. Because Maybe the East moves from macro to micro. Because Western are more individualism. So you think about uh, yourself first, then you're going up, right? And mm-hmm. the, uh, the uh, Asian or called Eastern are more collective. So you think about the big picture. Then mm. So that also affects the way I read. Yeah. Okay? Because uh, uh, you will be, be hard for me to read uh, Machiavelli's Art of War. Because it will become like I, I I need to know the big picture, okay. Mm. Before I read the detail, so yeah, okay. So I'm not sure. That's <laughs> that's the way I explain to people. I kind of think about: Am I doing the right thing? Because that's the way I'm thinking. You may not think this way. You probably want to know. No, that. I I think I think I probably think the opposite because you know I grew up and you know you walk, you read like a personal essay or something or something like that. Uh, written in America, most of them are, you know, a person telling their like individual story or their experience. And then the last couple paragraphs, they're saying like the macro big, you know, this is how it applies to everybody. This is how it applies to this and that. So I think I'm much more kind of conditioned to think along those lines. Yeah. So we know like this one, right? If they reverse the old... This is the opposite, yeah. (laughs) Help you. <laughs> no, so if you just read the chapter 13 and eventually you read the chapter one, right? Well, it gives so, it also kind of, you know, if you're reading this as a general and you're reading it in, in this order, by the time you get to the specifics, you know exactly why you're doing that because you've already gotten the, the kind of macro general principles behind yeah. it. So that makes more sense to me. Whereas if, you know, you're a general reading Machiavelli. You might be like, yeah, I don't know about this, this, and that. You know, these specifics seem a little weird, and it wouldn't be till the end where you're actually like, oh, this is why he decided to to you know line up the men in this formation. 
Yeah, so I actually there's no which way is right or wrong, but I, I, I'm sure, you know, if you change the order, right, you probably mm. will get a totally different lesson from this book. That's for this. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so, so I, I but at least the book, at least in the, uh, uh, I don't know what the original thing, who, who make this order, I have no idea. But basically, at least if you talk about this book, basically it's older in this way. And then mm. uh, I read it as from the high level to low level, from big picture to small picture. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a good, good, good book. I, I'm, I'm glad I, I read it with you and we were able to do this too because, you know, you're, you put a lot of emphasis on the order and, you know, which chapter and who it's being addressed to. Whereas I think, again, it's probably my own like Western bias. One of the things I tend to do when I read is to kind of look for these themes and then say like, oh, this thing he's talking about in chapter one also relates to what he's chapter talking about in chapter 11 and, oh, this, this theme. But that might be, um, at least for this text, uh, maybe not the best way to approach it. Yeah, I have to agree with you. It's not um, not a good way to approach it. But your way can probably work for if you read in the Tao Te Ching, okay, the Tao mm. is a text, or read in the Confucius uh, Analex, right? Because okay. that, the, the order is, at least in my point of view, not that important. So you can read this one, talk about how to treat your parents, and it's referred to another one, right? When mm. your parents die, what you have to do, okay? And that's referring to another one about the treating your uh, uh, kids just like you, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all related, right? So you can jump around. But this one, I think, who is the audience is very important, you know, so. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Well, Jason, thanks so much for uh, for doing this and putting the putting the time in. Yeah, um, thank you. To- yeah, that's a, that, that's great. I I again, I always like feel like uh, explain this ancient Chinese or old Chinese thinking to Western. Okay, and mm-hmm. actually, I I don't know how much you learn, you you benefit by this. I think I always feel like I benefit a lot. Thanks for listening to Unpacking Ideas. If you enjoyed the episode, please scroll down and write us a review or give us a rating. Uh, I know that takes a little bit of effort, but it really helps with the algorithm so that more people can discover the show. If you would like to hear more from my guest, Jason, I invite you to check out his meetup group. He hosts a philosophy meetup called the World Philosophy Group based out of Santa Monica, but most of the meetups are online these days so you can attend from anywhere and they're doing really cool stuff over there i believe they're going through bertrand russell's western history of western philosophy and they do a lot of asian philosophy a lot of indian philosophy so definitely check that out and say hello to jason all right guys that'll do it for today i will see you next episode